Well, this morning, I just want you to get ready because we're going to have, uh, we're, we're going to tackle something here. And I be, I'm believing God that He is going to move in this place today. And He's going to define some stuff and He's going to make a mark on us. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 14, really a few verses after that, through about verse 21, we'll be looking at. So just open your Bibles over to Ephesians 5. And the whole gist of this is how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. And as you look at this particular passage this morning, it's so, so important to our successfulness, to our victory in living and participating with God in the Christian life. God has made no provision for the flesh for us to be godly. I want you to hear that. But through His Holy Spirit, it indwells the heart of every believer born again. He makes provision to have the Christ life. So this morning we're going to be talking about that. I, I want to open up with it this way. Let's suppose that, um, and a lot of you are, that you were married, and, uh, and, and don't say, well, you know, I wish I wasn't, or I wish I was. That, that, that would violate the principle. But you were married, and you had a big desire, a big dream, that you wanted to own a red sports convertible. You know, and I'm married, and I want a red sports convertible, okay? So you're like, pastor likes this. And you have dreamed about this and even prayed about it, and you, you just want this sports car. And you're saving your money, and you save it, and you save it for years, and you get really close to it, and life happens. Has life ever happened to you? You got more life than you got paycheck? Yeah. And stuff just happens, and you start over, and you stop, and you start. You did the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University, and you got your emergency fund, and you lost your emergency fund, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. And, uh, and you just keep dealing with life, and, and things are going good. But there's this one specific red sports car that you want, and you will have no other, and you won't even drive until you get a red sports car. So you catch the transit system. And finally, you, you can't get it in years and years, and you get, a, you get a postcard in the mail, and it goes, we want you to know Donald Trump would like for you to have not this little red sports car, and they deliver it to your driveway. Red, beautiful sports car, and it's sitting in your driveway. You run out with your wife, and you go, let's sit in it. And you sit in it, and you pull out the owner's manual, and you read about it, and you salivate, and you just look at it. And you read, and you go in the house, and you look at videos and DVDs, and you read about it, and you study about it, and you go back out. And then you start to wash it, and you start washing it every other day because you don't know how to drive yet. But you're just looking at that car. You go, man, this is a great car. And, you know, you just go through that for a long time, but you never drive it because you lack one thing. You don't put the key in the ignition and drive off. Now, you look good. You've got a great package, and your neighbors ride by, and they covet. Go, oh, I wish I could have a car like that. Has anybody ever done that? Just raise your hand. Now, raise your hand. Come on. You, you've wanted somebody else's car or house. I have. Y'all are too spiritual for me then. Okay. But, you know, you don't take off because you don't put the key in the ignition. Well, there's the key that I'm talking about today that spiritually you've done the very thing. You've heard about Jesus. You've received Christ as Savior and Lord into your life. But you've never tapped into the Spirit's power for your life. And by not tapping into it, you look like that mama and dad just sitting in the driveway going nowhere. They're looking good. But they're not really going anywhere. And this morning, I want to talk to you about being filled with the Holy Spirit the best that I can understand it as I've interpreted, as I've studied Scripture, as I've read so many commentators and teachers 
on this, and there's so much controversy, and hopefully in these days I've been clearing up a lot of that. In the last two weeks, this morning, I hope we'll just continue to march in truth and say, God, what do you want to do? So let's pray. Let's just bow our heads. Father, right now, this subject is too big and too important for me or for us to miss it. So, Lord, I ask that you would be the teacher, Holy Spirit, and you would move us from religion and thoughts and good things to such a dynamic relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit, the person of Christ, and the Abba Father. Holy Spirit, have your way in us this morning. Amen. Now, as we were covering last week, we talked about that Jesus said, if I go, I will do what? Send another. But if I don't go, I won't send. But when I do go, I will send another, and you will be far better off when I send him. He will dwell with you permanently. It's Christ following. He sent the Holy Spirit. So they were waiting, the Old Testament believers, there's the disciples, pre-resurrection, priests sending the Holy Spirit to dwell and seal and mark, as I talked about last weekend. And they're waiting for this, so they're waiting for the Holy Spirit. But I like what Billy Graham said. He says, we are not waiting for you anymore, Holy Spirit, but you are waiting for us to take control and to surrender to all that he has in your life. Now, this morning, I'm going to say this over and over, and I hope when you walk out here, you're going to go, I understand what he was preaching up on God's Word. We are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Turn there in the Word of God with me quickly. Would you do that? Now, if you look at Ephesians 5, and he begins to say these words to us. Do not get, in verse 18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, say it with me, be filled with the Spirit. Read it again. Be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So the whole premise, the whole thought here is that we are to be filled, we are to be controlled, we are to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. And that's what it means really about being filled with the Spirit, being surrendered. He comes in power. If you're a Christ follower, I told you last week, biblically I defined it, you have the Holy Spirit. And I want you right now to tell the person next to you, if you're in Christ, I have the Holy Spirit. Turn to them. If you're in Christ, say, I have the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're really bold, I want you to turn to him and say, but you don't act like it. No, 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 don't, don't do that. That'd be a great way to gather. Hey, hey, hey no, don't, don't do that. You're going to hurt feelings. So, I'm filled with the Spirit, but you don't act like it, brother. You're going to be eating lunch by yourself. It's your fault. That was dumb, okay? Now, we don't act like we're filled with the Spirit because a lot of us aren't filled with the Spirit. And I'm going to talk about this this morning, about how we get filled. We're going to have an opportunity to respond to the filling of the Spirit. And how it's a, not a one-time thing. It's an ongoing, continual thing from what Scripture says. But it, in, in, in the Greek, when you study this, it is a present tense action word being filled, continually filled, over and over filled. I need the Spirit's filling every day in my life, and so do you. I don't preach out of my flesh. At least that's not my desire. If I preach out of my flesh, y'all gonna all get up and go home and go, oh, wasn't that nice? <laughs> but if I preach in the Spirit's power, there is conviction and transformation and change that happens in the hearts of all that will listen and receive what Christ has for them this morning. And that's my prayer. And, you, and it's not for preachers and staff. It's for believers. 
the Holy Spirit's for all of us, and God wants to so fill and uh, enamor and, and, and well up and develop you this morning. You know, the Father has several names for who he is. The names of God and Jehovah and on and on. He talks about he's a mountain, he's a king, he's a shield, he's a protector. Jesus had several names. I am the vine, I am the way, I am the, the truth, I am the bread of life. What else was Jesus? I am the light of the world. Give me one. I am the gate. I am the, the good shepherd. Woo, I like that one. What else was Jesus? I'm who? You got to say it louder. You, you hesitate. I am salvation. I am the son of God. The Holy Spirit has names. And he tells, and he gives us pictures of who he is. So I want you to get ready to write with me. I want you to see this, okay? Five pictures of the Holy Spirit. How many of you like pictures? I do. A picture helps me get it. Now, that's kind of funny for me, as many books as I read. And, and I don't read a lot of books with pictures anymore. And I miss pictures. Because pictures, yeah, I really do. But I don't get to read books with pictures. I read them with all these hard words and people debating and discussing and deeper truths. And a lot of it's really interesting. And, and sometimes when I get through reading and studying, I'm as confused as I was when in. So then I sit down and I go, Holy Spirit, would you illuminate and quicken my mind and spirit? Would you teach me that I might change, that I might be able to preach out of what that I know? that others can understand. Amen? Because if I can illuminate truth and expand on it in a way that you understand, then we just kind of stay over here. Now, the Holy Spirit is a teacher, but He gives insight. He gives revelation. He illuminates. Remember when I said that two weeks ago? And then I slipped up and I said, He's the eliminator? And I went, no, no, I didn't mean He eliminates you. He is the illuminator. He illuminates Scripture. And we did lose three people that week, but, you know, I'm sorry for that. Okay. Now, number one, here's who the Holy Spirit is. Write it down. The Holy Spirit, the universal symbol is the dove. The dove. When Jesus was baptized and he rose up out of the water, what descended upon Jesus? The dove. And universally, we know that the dove is a sign, is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, that he's come. And he's come in power. So this dove here, and I could read a lot of verses. I'm just going to give them to you. I want you to write them down. Solomon 5.2. Leviticus, not my favorite book, 5-6. The dove was the acceptable sacrifice unto the Lord. The dove has the inherent capacity that it's a very clean animal, and it loves to clean itself. So the dove was a clean offering to the Lord. And the Holy Spirit comes as a pure unadulterated gift of God. You're saying, wow, I, I never knew that. And Jesus hears from the Father, this is my Son with who I am well pleased. He approved of Jesus. And He sent the Spirit, the third part of the Trinity. Awesome thing. Move it, uh, the next one. Fire. He comes as a fire. Now some of you are pyromaniacs and you need help. You need to go to counseling for that. Some of you just enjoy this way too much. But fire, listen to what Acts 2 verse 3 says. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit fell, and He was a consuming, all-powerful fire. 
In the fire, we know when they make precious metals, it, in, in the gold, it separates the dross from the pure metal. Fire cleanses, clar, fire purifies. I hear this. People always ask me, what is the baptism of fire? I want you to write it down. The baptism of fire is a baptism of purity. The Lord wants you and me to be pure and holy. And those that are holy will worship Him in spirit and truth. So God says, I want to send a baptism of fire. I want pure children, pure vessels by the blood of Christ. But they choose to walk in holy ways. Just some verses. I don't have time to read all this, but I'll give them to you. Isaiah 4, 4. It's a great passage. Exodus 24, 17. You see fire. John says, I baptize with water, but one far greater than I comes and he'll baptize you with the Spirit. He'll baptize you with fire. That's Jesus. Man, that's a great thing. You need to know that. So he refines, he, he purifies. The third, don't put it up there yet. That's okay. Leave it up. Leave it up. That's all right. Go ahead. Don't get too far ahead of me, though. Okay. What is it? Now, I know you're going. This is a symbol, has been. It says, when you're sick, call the elders, and they do what? They smoke stogies. That's not what it says. What does it say? When you are sick, you call the elders. You have a response. You call the elders, and they anoint you with what? Oil. Being the symbol of the Holy Spirit. And next time you see Crisco or oil in your house, or you guys go up to the garage and look at your motor oil and go, that is a symbol of the Spirit of God. People have always asked me, what kind of oil do we use? I'm not real choosy. I like olive oil. I like different ones. But hey, I'd use motor oil if that's all I had, okay? And this, look at it, Exodus 29, 7. Take the anointing oil and anoint him by pouring it on his head. Many times we anoint people. When I was ordained the first time, the second time, the third time, I've been in three different organizations. And when the last one took, I said, God, may it take forever. And the church said... And the church said, okay, this one, somebody here said, well, we don't know if it took, okay. And when I personally with the elders anoint new elders, we anoint them with oil. We anoint the sick with oil. I mean, it, it's a biblical practice. You're in the hospital. Y'all to call and say, hey, would you come? Would you anoint me with oil? This is not a weird practice. This is a biblical practice. It, it's powerful. It covers you. And you're basically saying, Holy Spirit, cover me. Let me give you the fourth one here. The wind. The word is pneuma from pneumatic tire. It means air filled. He blows. He sends the wind of God over us. Look at the verse here. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. The wind of the Spirit. He blows across. The wind blows and we know not where it comes from. But I want you to write this down. We only know the effects of the wind, but we know not where it comes from. We don't see it, but we know the effects. The Holy Spirit, when He comes and moves, we know the effects when the Spirit of God blows on a people. You know, because they're different. They're pure. They're holy. They're bold. They walk in power. They're courageous. And if, I want you to hear that, man, I got to say this. If they're not filled with love, they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I heard my wife, Amen. I'm telling you, if you've got something that doesn't manifest in the agape love of Him, it is not the Holy Spirit. And I'll, I'll die on that one. Because my God is a God of love. And He wants to fill us with the love of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And His love just, it covers us. And, and this wind blows us. And I want to give you the next one here. What is it? It is the water. 
Some of y'all the other day, a little girl was walking out, a little care, my little friend. She had one of these Wednesday nights. She turned it up, she did that, and she goes, Pastor Keith, Pastor Keith. That's the way she says it. I'm like, you, I drink, because she sees me with this all the time. I will not leave home without it. How about that? And you know what? I get thirsty. And when I speak and spit, that's why I spit so much, because I'm always wet, okay? Don't, don't worry about it. I, I, I'm not sick or anything. You won't get sick. And, uh, but the, uh, <clears throat> it's anointed spit. Oh, okay. Take that out. I didn't mean that. Okay. So, so, as I drink water, hey, when you get thirsty, what do you do? Do you drink one time? Do you drink one time ago? I had my drink today. When you get thirsty again, what do you do? You go get another drink and another drink and another drink. And that's what it is. Look at the water. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and what? And do what? And when we get thirsty, we drink. In my prayers, God, would you be the great celestial heavenly water fountain? And when we come to you, Holy Spirit, and continually desire a drink. And this morning, we all need a drink of the Spirit. And we need it over and over. It's not just a one time. There is a point when we say, God, I want more in my Christian life. I want more of the Spirit's power. But I'm going to argue with people if I have to about this because it really says it is a continual over and over and over. I need His power and His filling every day for my life. Sometimes I need it hour by hour because sometimes I feel like I leak. How about you? Some of you leak. I don't want you to know that. Some of you leak more than others. The next time you're being ugly, you're saying, I'm just leaked. I'm leaked out. And your person ought to turn to you and go, and you need to be filled up. Not with self, but with the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a great verse. Let me see if I can find it. This is always so embarrassing in front of a crowd. Hosea 6.3. It's on page 800, okay? It'll help you. All right, let's go. Hosea 6.3. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge Him. As surely as the sun rises, He will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. I've been praying that for some time. Would the water, would the Spirit of heaven water on thirsty hearts and souls? So many times I get parched and I'm thirsty and I need a drink. And this morning I'm submitting that all of us are in need of a drink, some of us more than others. And, we're, and that's why I, was, I wasn't trying to trick you, but I was trying to, as we were singing that song, I wanted you to see the truth of it. Lord, would you water us? Would you water our church? Would you water me individually this morning? I need a drink of your fountain. I need a drink of your spirit. And I'm going to tell you, other people will be happy when you get a drink of God. Did you know that? You just act better. You just live differently because you yield and you walk as you surrender in the power of the Spirit. And God says, I want to do that here. You know, uh, satisfaction comes. He quenches the thirst that we have. How many of you have worked in the yard in the last week? It's been so pretty. Okay, a lot of you. Did you get anything to drink when you got through? Sure you did, man. Sweat's coming off your brow. and Man, this work thing's not all it was cracked up to be. <laughs> Amen. It's like yesterday, we were out doing some yard work and doing some planning, and I've got this Confederate rose I had to take down because it's trying to grow into my bathroom uh, sewer and everything, so I decided that was going to be expensive, so let's take it out, and I'm out there chopping, and, and later in the day, I was able to go get a workout. I hadn't worked out in two weeks, so I, and after doing all this crazy stuff, I went and got a workout. Well, I came home, and I thought I was Hercules, you know, and I thought, man, I'm going to go ahead and take out some of the rest, and Donna's in the house doing something, and I, and I went over, and I got my axe out, and I was Paul Bunyan, and I started just swinging that axe. 
Man, I was bowing up, and I, me and God were impressed, or I was impressed. God wasn't impressed. And I'm trying to take out the stuff, and I chopped, and I chopped, and sweat running off my head. And the thought occurred to me. And I stood over, I said, I'm not 25 anymore. And my neighbor came out, and she goes, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm trying to take this tree out. She goes, oh, it's beautiful. I said, I know, but it's going to cost me serious money if I don't get it out. So I planted some more, and she went, oh, you know. And I'm cutting, and I'm cutting, and I just remembered I needed a drink. And I went to the house, and I got some water, and I felt better. And I went and took a shower and said, forget it. It'll be another day I'll go back there and do it. <laughs> Bill Gaither, some of y'all like that. Now, I grew up on Southern Gospel. My dad, now, we won't, we won't do Southern Gospel at Christ Community. That's not my heart for this fellowship God called me to pastor. So don't, don't somebody go, oh, man, please. All that whining and everything. But I grew up on it. And as a kid in the 60s, this is what I heard every Sunday morning. I can't believe I'm going to do this, but I feel bold this morning. Jubilee, Jubilee, you all invited to the... You know, and all that, and I go, oh, my God, I get out with the Florida boys, and you know... We were all pagans. We were all lost. Nobody knew Jesus, but my daddy loved gospel music. And I would sit there and I would listen to that. I used to sit in a sandbag, sandbag, sandbox, and I would sing these songs out here. And then there was a guy that was really smart. Him and his wife wrote a lot of music, but they really learned how to copyright and how to do everything right. And his name's Bill Gaither, and he'd made $10 zillion. And to this day, my heart is contemporary worship, and that's who we are. But my girls go, oh, no. He's reminiscing with his papa. And I go in there, and I can still listen to a Bill Gaither song. And, I, and, and I'm just moved by it. And some of you are like, oh, preacher, man, hallelujah. But don't get too excited about us doing it here. But, but uh, there, was a, there was a song they used to do. Fill my cup, Lord. You remember it? I lift it up. And he go on and on through this great course about fill my cup, Lord. I'm empty. And that's what I'm asking this morning. We're empty people. Now, we might not be empty. You might be full of yourself and flesh and pride and anger and bitterness and resentment and any other sin you want to put in the camp. But if you will empty yourself and allow God to empty you and cleanse you and say, Lord, fill me up. Fill my cup, Lord. Quench the thirsting of my soul. That's what I'm praying today. God, quench. Fill people today, God. Now, how do I get the feeling? I want you to look at this one word. How do I get the feeling of the Holy Spirit? Put it up there. Get out of the way. Just, you're going, man, that, that wasn't very spiritual. Oh, it's very spiritual. Just get out of the way and say, Holy Spirit, come in power and force and conviction and change, and I'm out of the way. You come have your way. If this church would live by one, two, three, those five words, wow. It would be unbelievable what we would see and experience and do to the coming of Christ if we got out of the way. And one of my jobs as pastor is to make sure nobody gets in the driver's seat, counting myself and counting you. I'm real big about somebody trying to run the church. Yes, I'm the founding pastor and the senior pastor. And I'm humbled by that. And there's great responsibility by that. And I'm going to be judged by that. But I constantly fight that I don't try to get in the driver's seat, although he's called me to be a leader, to be a head coach. But he is the ultimate coach. And this is Christ's church. So if I see somebody else trying to get in the seat, I push you out too. Because I, I used to hate these bumper stickers. God is my co-pilot. That is the worst theology I've ever seen. God does not need a co-pilot. When, when you turn to the person next to you and go, God doesn't need you to drive. Go ahead and tell them. 
God doesn't need you to drive. God doesn't need a co-pilot. God wants you in the back seat. Okay, so God doesn't have co-pilots. He's got backseat uh, back riders, not drivers. Sorry, I was talking out of my experience. I, that was a uh, Freudian slip. I'm sorry, Donna. Okay. <laughs> Drink. We, we have a kid learning to drive. Hey, humor me. And if you don't have kids to drive yet, you'll learn one day. Okay. Five things that hinder the Holy Spirit. Let's move on quick, through this quickly. Resist the truth. Resist the truth that the Holy Spirit wants to fill you. That will hinder His feeling of you not getting out of the way quicker than anything I know. When you resist what He has come to do. When you resist, you forfeit the feeling of God. Secondly, desiring against the Spirit. Desiring the flesh. Galatians 5.17 For the sinful nature desires what is what? Contrary. What is opposed to the Spirit. And the Spirit, what is contrary to the Contrary to the sinful nature. They are in constant conflict and tension with one another. There is a civil war going on within all of us in this room this morning. If you're in Christ, the Spirit versus the own, own Holy Spirit, they battle. Which one do you feed? Feed the Spirit with the Word of God. Ask Him to fill you afresh. And we'll talk about that in a minute. And you walk differently. There's a, there's a great tug of war. You remember playing that game as kids when tug of war? And, there's a, and just see in yourself, there's a tug of war going on this morning. Spirit, Holy Spirit, unholy Spirit. I hope the Holy Spirit wins. He's definitely more powerful. Third point, if you want to hinder, there's a grieving. You grieve. You push aside the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Grieving means to, to push against, to push away from. You stifle Him in your life. Some of you are like, I know what that is. I've been grieving the Spirit my whole pilgrimage with Jesus, or I, I, I've been grieving Him for the last month, and I know He's been convicting me of sin, but I, but, I, but I push Him back. So grieving, I want you to write this down. It means to cause pain or sorrow to another. And in this case, it's to God. When I grieve someone, when you grieve a person, you cause separation and pain to them. It doesn't mean they don't love you, because I think grieving is a love word. We grieve, we, we're pushed, we're, we're downtrodden, we're beaten. But this, we're, God is grieved by our actions. Because we go, God, I, I, I don't want you as much. Let me tell you an area the Lord revealed to me. He reveals it to me a lot. We grieve God by our speech. Wow. We could open up the altar right now and just flood it because a lot of times our speech doesn't edify and build up Christ or the other person. Four, there is a quenching. We quench the Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not quench the Holy Spirit that was in, within you. Um, in Ephesians 6, the Apostle Paul talks about the armor of God. And when he talks about the armor of God, he says, Put on the, fall, the full armor that you might quench. Quench would be that you might extinguish the darts of the evil one, of the demonic realm that comes against your spirit. So God says, don't extinguish me. Don't stifle me. If you stifle, quench the Spirit, I promise you, you're walking in defeat this morning. But you don't have to. And the fifth, rejection. Rejecting. When we reject the Holy Spirit, when we uh, nullify Him, but look what 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 says. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. And then he goes on in other places and talks about all these sins. He says, sanctified just means, hey, I separate myself. I'm set apart for the purposes of God. 
And he says, avoid that and do this. Put off sin, put on Christ. Put off the flesh and put on the Spirit. I, I think you see what I'm saying now. God's real powerful about this. Reject the message there uh, that, that, or for what sin's trying to do in your life. It's just trying to come against you. It's trying to have first place. And God says, I'm God. Now, who can be filled with the Spirit? I want to give you two things. Who can be filled with the Spirit? Number one, the one that is a Christian. You must be a Christian if you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're not a Christian, if you're not a Christ follower, if you're not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit. doesn't matter if you understand this teaching, you agree with this teaching. If you're not in Christ, you have to settle that first because we, and you need to get this series. I've had more people tell me, I want this series. So in two weeks, Sue is going to have several of these series out at the uh, information center for y'all to get. Because I, I so desperately want us to get this handle on the Holy Spirit. And the church said, because some of you have, have, have gotten two or three out of the four, and some of you are like, I don't get it, I need to listen to it again. Hey, I might wait. I listen to stuff two and three times. You're going, well, we know you're gifted. Okay, well, hey, maybe you got it the first time. Second thing is, the filling is only for those believers that want to be filled. There has to be a desire. If you don't want to be filled, guess what? God won't intrude. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And the Holy Spirit never forces His way or His power on your life. I wish He would. How about you? I mean, we'd be a lot better nation. We'd be a lot better church, a lot better people. But the Holy Spirit says, if you don't desire me, it grieves me. Because what did I tell you the first week? The Holy Spirit is a... You said it. I heard it. The Holy Spirit is a... Y'all better buy these CDs. You ain't getting it. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not an it. He's not just some presence floating. He's not Casper the Friendly Ghost. The Holy Spirit is God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person, and He wants to fill us, and He wants to give us His presence, okay? So rejecting. You want to be filled, and that's how you begin to move in the faith. Now, I want to move to these. Man, I could preach for another hour. I might. Here we go. It's your duty to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Fill these in. It's your duty because you have a promise of it. God promised the Holy Spirit to those who would call out in faith and ask for His filling power. It's a promise of God. Secondly, it is because God has commanded it. It is not the great suggestion that God thought, you know, I wish they would be. They could be, and we can be. God says, I command them to be filled with the Spirit, not drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Third, it is essential to your own growth in grace that you should be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you want to grow in the riches of Christ Jesus, if you want to grow and advance in the kingdom of light, you need to grow in the Holy Spirit. I tell people all the time, our goal is for you to grow in Christ and to advance and take more territory for the kingdom. And that's for you and me. It's not for other people, it's for us. Fourth, it is important that you should be sanctified, set apart. Holy Spirit, would you set us apart as your children this morning? And an exercise we'll do in a few moments, would you do that? Five, it is necessary that you should be useful to do good in the world. We don't do good in our own power, we do good in the power of the living God, the power to change us. Now, I want you to, I want you to really pull in with me, because this right here is real, real critical. If you miss this, you're, you're going to miss what I really... I'm trying to hammer down this morning. How can I be filled? Recognize your need to be filled. 
Just simply within yourself going, you know, I'm not living in the Spirit's power. I'm not living in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I know there's something missing. There's not very high-octane power spirit living going on in my life. So, you know what, I'm going to go for it then. D.L. Moody, R.A. Torrey, Billy Graham, on and on and on. They recognized when they were filled with the Spirit of God, their preaching was different. Do y'all notice there's a difference when I'm really filled with the Spirit of the living God? Somebody are like, oh, that was kind of weak. Okay. I, I know there's a huge difference. My goal is every time I walk out here that I'm prayed up and filled. But I just know that I know there's some weeks when there is an unusual supernatural power, anointing, filling, overflowing, and you can't help but get in the way of it. And stuff just begins to happen because it's all about him and it's little, it's nothing about me. And your life's that way. But you're saying, well, Keith, okay, so I need to recognize, yes, you need to recognize your need, okay? And just write this down. There's a growing dissatisfaction. If there's a growing dissatisfaction in you today, you're a candidate to be filled. If you're satisfied where you are, you're not going to be filled because you're complacent. God's not into self-satisfied people. Number two. Now, I want to share this with you quickly. This is powerful. Actually, I had all my sins on there. And I realized, now I tell Donna, and, uh, and uh, the Holy Spirit did an exercise with me the other day. I was, uh, I was preparing for this series and this message this Sunday, and uh, I sat down with a legal pad. It's blank. How about that? And I asked the Holy Spirit to illuminate, to bring to mind sins and how I'd sinned against God, how I'd sinned against other people. Well, all I can tell you is I, I filled up the front, and I went to the back, and I began to write more. We should do this on a regular basis. God, search our hearts. See if there be any sinful or hurtful way within you. So we, we realize and we recognize our need to be filled. And then secondly, we do what? We confess all known sin. Let me give you a, a passage here. Psalm 139 and also Psalm 66, verse 18. I want, you to, I want you to see this. Turn to Psalm 66. Psalm six, Just all 139th Psalm. And Psalm 66, 18 says this. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. If you and I cherish sin, God is not pleased and He does not hear our cry. But, so the Lord was just taking me through an exercise and I was just confessing my sin. And I did business, and I got on the floor in my office, and I began to repent. And uh, I'm not proud of it. A few days later, I had a couple of other issues, and I sat down. I said, Lord, I'm going to do that pad thing. He goes, yeah, get it out. No, Lord, we just did that. Get it out. And I wrote some more. It's a pretty good exercise. It's real practical, but it's real healthy, and it's, it's a place for healing. So, you recognize, you confess your sin. Third, you yield yourself. You surrender to Him. Say, Holy Spirit, I want you to have first place. I want you to take over. I want you to fill my life. I want you to consume me. Lord, I desire you. Only you, Lord. Not myself, not my successes, not whatever, but God, I desire you. Holy Spirit, I desire you. I want you to fill and control my life. And then fourth, you believe you've received the Spirit's filling after you ask Him. Because you just ask Him, Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Come and fill me, Holy Spirit. Fill me with overflowing capacity. Fill me with overflowing power of the Spirit. Fill me and produce in me the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5. And once you've asked Him, then in faith believe that you have received that for which you've asked God. 
Now, I want us to do something. It's getting a little later, but this is so powerful right now. I'm asking you to submit to the control of the Holy Spirit. Because, i say this the best way I can. If you and I do not desire and submit and surrender to the filling of the Holy Spirit this morning, we will do great damage to the body of Christ. How many in this room would want to do damage to the body of Christ? No one. So if you don't want to do damage, you want to be filled. And to be filled is to be controlled. Is, it's to be under the influence. Jason McHenry, our state trooper, he has arrested people that have been under the influence. They were out of their mind. They were crazy. They couldn't touch their nose. They couldn't walk the line. Thank God it wasn't any of you. I hope it wasn't, okay? They were under the influence. And this morning, I'm asking you to get under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we want to surrender to you your ways and your direction. We want to walk in truth today, Lord. Now, that's the feeling of the Spirit. So right now, there's going to be an opportunity. But I want you to look at uh, Luke 11. Look up here real quick on the screen. Which of you fathers, if your son or daughter here asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, hang in here, here it comes, underline it, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those that what? That ask him. To the Holy Spirit, He wants to come. He wants to rain down. He wants to fill your life with overflowing power today if you'll ask Him. And you're clean. Man, that is awesome. I am so passionate about this message today because I believe it will liberate a church. I believe it will liberate a life. So I want to give you this in response. Get ready for this, guys. Does the Holy Spirit have all of you? This morning, does the Holy Spirit have all of you? I didn't say, was He in you? If you're in Christ, He's in you. If you're not in Christ, you need to become a Christ follower. But I ask you, does the Holy Spirit have all of you? Just write that question down. Does the Holy Spirit have all of me? And you should ask it on a regular basis. Number two, why not? Why does He have all of me? Because I want my way. Because I'm selfish. Because I'm sinful. Because I'm arrogant. Because I don't need Him. Well, you're, you're, you're not going to fill with Him. I'll, I'll go ahead and assure you of that. Three, big powerful word. Let go. God, I let go. I want to be under your control. I want to walk with you. The scripture says, I will pour out water on him that is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. So right now, Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask you to rain down. Rain on this room right now, Holy Spirit. Rain on every heart. Begin to bring change right now by your grace and by your power. In the name of Christ, amen. Now, elders, I'm going to ask you all to come forward. Elders, I want you all to come up here. As representatives of Christ's church, I just want you all to spread all out. You know, you all just kind of spread out. One of you get over here. Just get over here. Now, right now, there's an opportunity. Y'all spread. Come over this way, Mike. Crowding up Robbie too much. Right? Okay. It is hard to spread through. I can't do the math. Now, right now, I'm going to ask you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Nothing weird, nothing spooky. He'll manifest the way he wants to do it. I'm going to ask Amy and Chris to come and do a song that I've asked them to do. Come just as you are. Now, I want you to be honest. If this isn't your desire this morning, there's no condemnation. Don't do it. If you're going, Keith, if you could see my pad, I understand. I respect your integrity. Then you stay. But in the private of your home, in your heart, you ask the Lord, you ask the Holy Spirit to fill you this week, okay? But some of you in this service today, I've been believing God that God wants to storm this altar 
and, and your elders, because I'm going to keep kind of just moving, so I'm, I don't know if I'm going to anoint anybody. They just want to pray with you. And you need to just have an, a, a sincere heart. Holy Spirit, rain on me. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Fill me today. A lot of you have never done that. Some of you will be the hundredth time, but there's victory. So I'm going to ask you, will you see it? Just as you feel courageously, Amy and Chris, and sorry, Adam and Adam, are going to sing this powerful song. I'm believing the Holy Spirit for a new work this morning. Come, church, respond to Him. Come.